time for the Hinkle Law Office's Top 5. Hinkle Law Office is representing motorcycle riders across New Mexico since 1990. Visit HinkleLawOffices.com. Take it away, Sam Hauser. Alrighty, guys. Starting out, who's in, who's out? Of course, always up first for top five. And who's in, Joe? What's well, your boy? Brandon Aubrey, the Dallas Cowboys rookie sensation kicker. New to this whole football thing, but you wouldn't know it by watching him. Looks easy for to him for somebody who didn't play college football. This whole kicking bit is easy to Brandon Aubrey. Just the third kicker in Cowboys history with at least five makes from 50-plus in a single season. He joins Dan Bailey, who did it three times, Brett Maher, who did it twice, and now Brandon Aubrey, just the third in Cowboys history. Again, he's a rookie kicker, making it look easy. <laughs> let me just say, you know, what really cracks me up about this is we had Chris Weehan of New Mexico United on as a guest a um, few months back, and we brought up, you know, the the whole thing with Brandon Aubrey being the kicker for the Cowboys. And Chris Weehan goes, I think I played against him when I was in college, okay, just to give perspective to this. Well, we didn't find the exact game, but Weehan finished in 2016. Aubrey finished in 2016. What the heck has he been doing between 2016 and 2023, Adam? I actually think it was the Final Four. To a game that well, that's what I was guessing, but we ESPN couldn't. Radio, yeah, right? okay, but in Philadelphia, I, I wanted to jump in, Sam and, and Joe, about this. Is just because th- for for soccer players, I've always said this, and so have, you know the soccer culture said that there should be more of this because, like, when you have downtime before a game, like if we had a football, we would be ha- like you know a couple hours before a game, you're at a football stadium, we'd be hammering 40, 50 yard field goals, and to us, it was just you had the technique. Right, obviously you're not getting a rush at you, you're not getting a blitz at you, you're not in a pressure situation, but the technique and the way that you're supposed to swing at a ball, it's, I mean, for a college soccer player, it's like one-on-one, the technique of it, right? So I feel like this should happen more often, guys, is what I'm trying to say. Is this, I think this will, this Aubrey is going to be the, the next guy and the next guy and the next guy. I think you're going to see this more often. Sam, can you tell Adam he's preaching to the choir? You remember I told you guys uh, to relax when the Cowboys were having issues with place kicker and how it could get solved and solved quickly do you remember me talking about that sam i of course, Here, of course it, i do this is the perfect example this guy hasn't played football in seven years and he's going out there drilling 50 yarders like uh, he's in his backyard come yeah, on now yeah i mean we're starting to see this a little bit more where the, the league's finally catching on with punters getting these guys who were Australian rugby players and then went on to play college Good football point. and other in the NFL. So it may not be long before we before we start to see more Brandon Aubrey's out there. So, Adam, you were a soccer player at Rear Rancher. Did they ever try and talk you into coming out and being a, a field goal kicker for the team? I didn't, but I did try out for the Greyhounds at Eastern New Mexico in a fifth year for a different sport where you could do that, and I just decided not to go that route, but I was making You were going to play, field, so give I it was, a shot. Yeah. yeah. So I did give it a shot in college, I, but I, I'm not, it's nothing like special. I, I feel like 
so many soccer players can do this. That's like it's not like a very yeah. I mean, I, I think, don't want to say it's not hard because that's not it. Right? No, I but know that. I know that the technique of it. I feel like in just kicking a ball and having the power to do it and accuracy. That is all soccer style, right? So. I, I, we'll see it more and more. We'll see it more and more. And plus, they're getting a lot better in college than they used to be. Uh, it's going to be very competitive to be an NFL place kicker. And like you know, a decade or two going back, if you really that way, there, there was one way to get from you know like being at the Legends Sportsbook at Santa Ana Star Casino Hotel to the NFL. Try and. Go that way of a, of a place kicker. All right, Sam, What else is it? who else is in? Well, speaking of the Cowboy game last night, yesterday must have been Christmas in the final day in November for Al Michaels because he woke up and realized he finally got to do a game that was worth paying attention to. Cowboys <laughs> and Seahawks, well, he had his one, and now we're back to kind of what we've gotten used to with Thursday Night Football. So next week is Steelers-Patriots, and during each game, you know, Amazon Prime will always preview, hey, here's the game coming up next week. And like a lot of places, when you preview a game, they'll have one player from each team and get all these fancy graphics going. Well, Amazon Prime couldn't figure out who to pick for the Patriots, so they just went with a picture of a scowling Bill Belichick. <laughs> yeah, Looking like Mac Jones just threw another interception. Yeah, show Belichick with a hoodie and the sleeves cut off, and you know that, that'll, that'll suffice. And, and you mentioned Al Michaels, Sam. He needs to... To, to chill on the whining about the quality of his games. The amount of money he's making, he can find plenty of other people that will call, you know, Carolina Panthers, Tennessee Titan games every weekend. So it's like, hey, I don't dude, think he is. It's mostly me just doing it on his behalf. No, but I think actually he is whining. I would agree with I, you, I, Joe, You yeah. agree with me, and yeah. Lo- Al Michaels is one of my all-time Well, favorites. of course, we have to just... You know, preface all that or whatever. I'm just saying, Al Michaels, you know, quit the whining about the teams that are in the games. Call the games. Give us a good Don't run. Don't you feel like he's in that point of his career, though, where he can do that? Like, whatever, He can do you know? a lot, like, but whatever. he can't complain, like, about stuff. It's like when you're listening to a baseball game and they're telling you how much travel oh, our flight didn't get in until 4 in the morning because of that late game. And, my goodness, we, you know, the food stunk in the media row, you know, pre- whatever. I don't know. All right, Sam, just keep going, please. All right. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do that, and we'll move over to golf. Moving on to the Hero World Challenge going on on the PGA Tour up in Albany. Why do we care about that? Because Tiger is, in fact, in the field. First tournament in who knows how long at this point, but Tiger said he feels good, and he's playing in the Hero World Challenge through two rounds. He is one over par, and it's really been split even where holes 10 through 18 he's had a hard time with. Holes one through nine, he's been cruising through. He was four under on that front nine today, but bogey's piling up on the tail end, and it's not—it's not a big thing. There's what twenty-five or so golfers in there. I don't even know if there's a cut, but Tiger's in there and he's hitting some birdies. No, no and, and so he's like one over. You said he's one who's, over. Who's the leader? What is he at? Like twenty under or something? Uh, the mean- leader is one Scotty Scheffler. Uh, he and Jordan Spieth are both nine under. Brian Harmon at eight, Justin Thomas okay. minus seven, and yeah, and, and on we go. So, like you know, so it would extrapolate after two rounds, nine under. The winner will probably be somewhere between like seventeen and twenty three under, depending. But the fact that like it just goes to show you that Tiger like is not going to ever play if he thinks he's going to even have a slight chance 
to embarrass himself. So he obviously has been putting in the time, particularly with the short game. That, that's the part of the game that goes away when you don't play. Uh, and Tiger's hardly even played in the last five years. It's been really sad. But I'm telling you, like seeing this makes me optimistic that he could have a reasonably good 2024. Not a Tiger Woods 2024, but a reasonably good 2024 and that's progress who's out sam all right who's out kind of got the sense in the last few days that a lot of people in and around reno did somebody just hit a jackpot what's going on guys no actually probably more important to the people out here the aggies just scored ah. to take a six to nothing lead uh, as they drove it down the field at liberty they now lead six nothing pending the extra point in about 10 minutes and 30 seconds to go in the first quarter. And uh, surprise, surprise, it was Diego Pavia with the touchdown run for the Aggies. See, that, one, right, to we'll... me, that, that one to me felt like a pretty easy cover. Like, I understand Liberty's on oh, the field. Oh, guys, and it's now it's a 7 nothing. It's a jinx. Well, I mean, not only that saying an easy cover, they were getting 10 and a half and they scored seven. Is is Sam not reacting a little bit too quickly on this? Whoa, uh, whoa, whoa. we can go back to, to before contrary. today. That's very good. Okay, all right. Well, we'll see what happens, but... Good, you know, good for Aggie fans. They're off to, so that's what happened. Good okay. call. Nobody hit a jack. Yeah, I'm sure there's people hitting jackpots all over the place, but in, in what you just heard there was because the Aggies uh, scored. Um, to uh, It does and, show you the atmosphere that is that is here, though. It's it's a lot of fun, right? It, it, it's a lot of fun. All right. Keep going. All right. Well, one thing that's not as fun, kind of got the sense the last few days that people in Reno were wondering what was taking so long for them to make a decision about the head football coach, but news coming down few hours ago, the Wolfpack moving on from head coach Ken Wilson after a 2-10 season, after consecutive 2-10 seasons. He only lasted two years there at Nevada, went 2-10 in both of them. This season really highlighted or lowlighted by a home loss to the FCS Idaho Vandals, a road loss at Texas State, which is barely FBS, and the story around that one was one of the Texas State band members trolling Nevada by stealing the Wolfpack's turnover trident. And Ken Wilson moving on. This was supposed to be kind of similar. I, I, I guess maybe it would, it would actually probably be more along the lines closer to, to Rocky Long than a Coach uh, G situation here for Nevada. Ken Wilson, 25 years as, as an assistant in Nevada from the 80s, the 90s, into the 2000s. So it was this whole feel-good thing when they brought him back as a head coach. But he finishes 4-20 and in Reno. Yeah, it didn't take them long, obviously. So um, four coaches to this point have been replaced in the Mountain West. Of course, Coach Gonzalez at UNM. Uh, you just heard Sam talk about Ken Wilson at Utah only after two years. Nevada. Coach, or, excuse me, Nevada. Uh, you got Coach G after four years. Uh, this Coach Wilson at Nevada after two years. Andy Avalos at Boise State after two years. And then Brady Hoke. Uh, at San Diego State, and like basically, he, it seems like he's been there for like 20 years because he was there, he left, or whatever. But anyway, and of, of the four, the, yeah, he retired. He was the only one that left under his own, his own, okay. his own prowess. Yeah, I mean, there, there will be four new uh, head coaches. He decided with a few weeks to go in the regular season, I've had enough of this. Okay, so the point I'm getting at, you put him aside, uh, and, and then you've got two, three other schools. UNM waited four years. Nevada and Boise State only two years before yeah. they uh, made their their change. Okay, uh, what's number four there, Sam? Four. 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 
Well, with Adam alongside on Fridays, we've spent a lot of Fridays in the last few months talking high school football, but we're transitioning now into high school basketball. Hoops going on, the uh, season kicking off this week. A couple of games of note from last night. Volcano Vista going to La Cueva and beating the Bears 59-44 to game at La Cueva. Yeah, Adam, I'm going to bring you into the mix here because... I, at Coach Patino's presser today, they mentioned that he and a couple of staff members uh, popped over there uh, to see some players. Are there some hoopers there in that Volcano Vista at La Cueva game, uh, Adam? 100%. Right? Okay. We were talking about a little bit, and there's D1 talent on the court, and one of them is David Lund, who's a freshman for Volcano Vista. A freshman, guys. He already has one D1 offer to Howard. So uh, the Bison have offered him, okay. and and many more I would uh, would imagine to come. He could be one of them. Kenyon Aguino, who has been brilliant already, starting since his freshman year. He's into his junior That's season the, now. He's the, got the big two guy. championships already oh. at Volcano Vista, and he is love uh, him. He is technically sound, right? So a lot of fun to watch him play. And then on La Cueva's side, of course, Dylan Chavez, who is now newly acclimated back with the Bears after playing with ABC for a while. Check this out: the Bears are loaded with Daniel Lovato, who's six foot. Four, Dylan Chavez, six foot five, and then Cam Dyer, who's the best player on the football side of things, who's six foot four, the junior and a freak athlete. So there's a lot of really good athletes on the court yesterday, guys. Yeah, I, you know, my 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 thought of, of Cam Dyer is him like completely running away from like five different Cleveland Storm guys and doing it. Time he had 200 yards in the first half in that game. I uh, you don't have to sell me on what kind of an athlete he is. All right, so. So uh, we talked about Volcano Vista 59-0 uh, to 44 over La Cueva, Sam. Uh, any any other games? Of yeah, those? Thriller down at Trisco Heritage, 58-56 over Rio Grande. Couple teams not too far apart there, and then one oh, great rivalry! Yeah. Talk to me about that, Adam. Yeah, uh, I mean, at Trisco Heritage, Rio Grande hoop game. It's kind of like Volcano Vista from splitting from Cibola, and that rivalry went well. Oh, Trisco, when that was made, Ooh. it took a lot of Rio Grande athletes, and we know the history of Atrisco Heritage winning a couple of state championships as well with Adrian Ortega and, and how brilliant that program has been. And so there is even more so of a rivalry, in my opinion, in basketball because they took some of that talent away and then won some championships and so that is a old school type rivalry in the South Valley and some really good players like Latavius Morris, Marquise Renfro some of the best guards in the state. Atrisco, they're a top five, six team in the in the state. So, real grand game all the. The Ravens handle. gave them everything they could handle. Any other games? Of yeah, Sam? huge win. Uh, sticking with APS, going back to Wednesday, we just hadn't had a chance to get to this one yet. But the Valley Vikings, seventy-eight to fifty, at Rio Rancho, and the Vi- uh, Valley Vikings win by twenty-eight at Rio Rancho. Yeah, I think. Uh, um, I think, look, Valley's going to be really good this year. They're in 4A, right? They're not in the 5A classification anymore, and I think Rio Rancho's going to take a step back, guys. But I, that's a great win. Um, easy, I'm forgetting the last name, Easy. Easy Potter. Easy Potter's taken over, obviously, from the great Joe Coleman, who's done a great At job. Valley, and the he head was, coach, he was Easy Potter. Don't forget that. Right, Joe, he was, a, he was an assistant with, with Oh, yeah, Joe for forever. Coleman forever, yes. And yeah, absolutely. So he knows the system in that valley. South Valley basketball just hits different, guys. North Valley, South Valley, they come. All right, do we get any girls' action of notes, Sam? Oh, we yeah, we sure do. Sticking with Rio Rancho, better on the girls' side. 52-17, to 17, the Rams take down St. Mike's up at the Capital City Tournament. So this was in Santa Fe. 
St. Mike's having you know, some home fans there. I would imagine Rio Rancho wins 52-17. to Of course, we're partial to Rio Rancho coach Lori Maybury, who's done color for our last couple of state girls basketball tournaments. Commanding season opening win for her. Good win for her, uh, 52-17 to 17 over St. Mike's. Uh, any other uh, other uh, girls' games of note before Yo, we move We're talking about three? some of these uh, D1 offers on the boys' side of things. Of course, I mean, two of the, the biggest names in the state in basketball, uh, both on the girls' side for APS. El Dorado, 74-27 over Manzano. According to her dad, who shared some video on Twitter, Bella Hines with 41 points in the win. And then I couldn't find a total for her, safe to assume, Strong night as well for Sydney Benley and Sandia, uh, 82-53 over the defending state runner-ups from Volcano Vista. Okay, real quick, let's get to Bella Hines. You've seen a lot of hoopers oh, around man. here. And we're talking about D1 athletes. This Bella Hines is stacking up offers, guys. She's going to pick her school in the nation. What a start to the season, 41. And as you just mentioned, Sam, that is the score you need to know. Sandia doesn't just go and beat Volcano Vista at Volcano Vista, Gosh. but Lisa Villarreal does not lose by 20 points, and I mean ever. So I look back, and it's been over seven years since that has happened, and so you don't beat Volcano Vista at their house and then beat them by that much. Sandia is the real deal, so watch out for them. And that's Sydney uh, Benali, the star for Sandia, uh, another possible D1 player then, right, uh, Adam? Yeah, and Sandia's got a couple of them, and they're coached really well, and this is a team that's kind of been knocking on the door for the last couple of years. We know it's been Volcano Vista, Hobbs, the girls' side, well, it has Volcano been. Vista. I'll tell you, Volcano Vista is supposed to be there again. So Sandia's flexing their muscle early. I know it's early, dude, but that is a stunner. There's no doubt about it. As you mentioned, that never happens to Volcano Vista. A loss, you know, hardly ever happens, much less by uh, almost 30 points, 29 points to be exact. What's number three there, Sammy? Three. All right, back to the Cowboys game last night. One unique element from Dallas's win. Neither team punted in the game. We had zero combined punts. It was the night off for those two guys. Just the fifth time that's ever happened in NFL history. And it was the first such game with no punts and both teams scoring at least 35 points. Yeah, I mean, what do you make? What 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 do you make of that? I mean, uh, a bomb. Did you you said it was, it was the, the, only the fifth time in history, right? First, How fifth time in history like with no punts. How a long you, time. How would you like to be Seattle and you say, before the game, you're a Seattle fan, I say you're not going to punt all game long, right? You're like, oh, oh man. man, I'll trounce him. Oh, them. man, and, and you score 35 points. You're thinking, man, this is going to work out perfect, and you still lose. That is what's shocking to me. All right, no punts, 20 penalties. Uh, what else there, Sammy? And, of course, the Cowboys win their 14th consecutive home game now in counting. Oh, let's bring Adam in, into this, Joe. We, uh, we've been having the discussion, Adam, the last couple of days where – it didn't really seem like that was maybe the, the play. If, if you were going to think of a team winning 14 consecutive home games, AT&T Stadium, maybe not the place for that. But here we are, Cowboys, 14 home wins and counting. I've been fortunate enough to see like eight or nine games there. And I'll, I'll tell you this, at, at the early years of AT&T Stadium, it was this marvel that everybody wanted to go Correct. see. So if you're traveling to a game, that was kind of your bucket list. I need to see this stadium. So I feel like the first four, five, six seasons were heavy fan bases that wanted to see this stadium, and I think that has died off. Like the last Cowboy game I, I saw, it's just dying off on other fan bases taking up tickets. And so I do think it has turned into a true home stadium. It is a loud environment, and it's a lot of fun. I think that 
that element of fans kind of taking over AT&T have dropped off. The only time you'll see that is like maybe San Francisco or a strong team. I will say, though, just uh, listening at bits and pieces last night on on the radio broadcast. Yeah, there were some Seahawks fans in that building. Yeah, but I I am with Adam here. It's getting less and less, uh, you know, with every year that goes by. Now that, everyone that wants that to go to Vegas. AT&T, you know, correct, correct. And the people that were, you know, really wanting to see AT&T Stadium have kind of done it by now. There were always sellouts, but I'm with Adam here. Uh, there's, I think, a significant a higher percentage of, of Cowboy fans than there were at just any normal game during the course of the season than there was five, eight, ten years ago, no doubt about it. But r- regardless, uh, you know, the Cowboys, up until this 14-game winning streak, they had won basically 66% of their home games in their previous 50. They are on a heater right now. What's number two there, Sammy? Well, the deal is officially done. We can stop talking about it in speculation. Oregon State and Washington State will play six games against each Mountain West school in the 2024 football season. The two schools and the Mountain West officially agreeing to the deal, putting the ink on the paper. Still waiting for the uh, the final word as far as some of the, the dollar amounts that we had heard about, where the last report that we got earlier in the week from Ross Dellinger was $14 million they were going to give to the Mountain West. Still waiting on some things to be finalized there, but the deal is done where every Mountain West team will now play seven conference games and one game against either Oregon State or Washington State. Important note, though, the games they play against those packed schools will not count towards the conference standings. Okay, all right, well... Can't argue with any of it. I can't argue with any. I like the Mountain West playing against two good schools like that, and the fact that you know it is such a like uh, an immediate thing that you know maybe it shouldn't count in the conference standings. It, it is. A, I like everything I'm hearing about it. The money that's coming towards the Mountain West, the the potential down the road of including some Mountain West uh, in the pack. Eight and moving forward, I don't know. I like it all. We've covered it, and now it's official. What's number one? And we are getting closer. Uh, One other thing that we've been kind of wondering about, still not settled yet. The announcement today is just for football, but uh, ESPN's Kyle Bonagura, sources telling him that the discussion is still ongoing as to whether or not we see this be a part of potentially basketball. It is still on the table. Oh, I'd love it. Would love to see uh, to like games like that added to the schedule, or maybe one game like that added to the schedule. It won't count for the conference standings, I'm sure, like that. But I love that idea, Sammy. What's number one? one. one. All right, you know how this goes when we're turning the music down. It means it's something that can't have the cheery, happy, up- upbeat, update music under it, and just. Less than you know, a little what about less than eighteen hours before the Big Twelve championship game kicks off at AT and T Stadium. Going back there again, just an unthinkable story, and now a dark cloud hanging over this game at a Big Twelve country. Police in Stillwater, Oklahoma, telling multiple media outlets Friday that they found a dead Longhorn steer with its stomach sliced open outside an Oklahoma State frat house early this morning. Just, yeah. I mean, there's really not much to say outside of that. There's really not much to uh, just beyond how how hard to even yeah, imagine yeah, that is. It, it's it's so sad. It's so cruel. So, you know, you you'd like to like you you might say like 
man, I, I don't know what to say. Uh, other than cruelty comes to the top of the list. Ignorance, uh, expelled from school, uh, all those things are the things that come to mind when you talk about doing this to an animal. Uh, like, just way out of control. You got to get to the bottom of this and find out how many people were involved in this because, like, this can't happen, Sam. Yeah, that that pretty much is it. I mean, the worst thing we saw as far as rivalries go in the Mountain West season was, I think Colorado State fans wrote something something just, like, simple, like, go Rams. They painted it or spray-painted or did something on a statue at the University of Wyoming and Cowboys fans were up in arms. Like, it, like that's... Stuff like that is what you is what you see in rivalry games. You know, somebody's painting something on your logo, like, "Hey, we're going to come here and win." That's uh, th- that's about the extent of what should be happening in rivalry games, or you know, whatever, like silly stuff. This is just how how you even get. Th- this is something that I'll no- I'll never understand, and I'll leave it at that. How 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 how's, how that idea would even pop into somebody's head to even think about doing something like that, but. Here we are, and uh, Stillwater police are on top of it. Oklahoma State police and university officials are all on top of it. So hopefully sooner rather than later, we'll find out exactly who was involved and the fact that they're no longer welcome at Oklahoma State or, quite frankly, as it should be, any college. Yeah, this isn't some stupid prank. Like, this is like mutilation. I I mean, Oklahoma State did comment. They said Oklahoma State is appalled at the disturbing display of animal cruelty that occurred overnight at an off-campus location near a fraternity house. Police department is investigating, so on and so forth, but Oklahoma State is appalled and at the disturbing display of animal cruelty. That's You don't need to say any more. Uh, thanks uh, for uh, doing the top five there. Let's just close it out, Sam. That's tonight's Hinkle Law Offices Top 5. Hinkle Law Offices representing motorcycle riders across New Mexico since 1990. Visit HinkleLawOffices.com.